You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome to A Bigger Life. I'm Dave Cover. We're going to look at Psalm 5 today. If you read the little subscript at the top where it kind of introduces the psalm, these were written thousands of years ago. Whoever collected the psalms, probably hundreds of years B.C., uh, collected these into the format that became Scripture. So this is a psalm written by David, but it's been collected as a collection of psalms, and it became uh, part of the, the scroll that the Hebrews would use for worship. And this says to the choir master for the flutes. And so this is whoever whoever brought this and collected this together thousands of years ago recognized that this is a contemplative psalm. You know, when you think of flutes, you're not you're thinking more of a contemplation, quiet. And it matches the spirit of the psalm because David says in verse three, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice in the morning. And so he's, this is a quiet moment. Uh, lots of other people are probably asleep. This is David in a time of contemplation. And he probably got up early because he's disturbed. Like we've said, a lot of these psalms are written in the context of anxiety, the context of fear, uh, emotional distress, pain, hurt. And the context of this psalm is somehow David is dealing with people who are causing him problems with their with their speech. They're, they're resisting him and ca- causing others to resist him. So verse nine, he says, for there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destructive. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. And he talks about in verse five about the boastful and the evildoers and those who speak lies and the bloodthirsty and deceitful people. And so this is what David is dealing with. He's dealing with people who are being deceitful. They're speaking lies. They're boastful. Their mouth, he says, has no truth. And their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. So this is not unlike other Psalms where David is having to deal with real enemies, not just on the battlefield, but real enemies at home, real enemies who are speaking against him, slandering him, causing people to turn against him through their gossip, through their false accusations, and it's making David's life hell. And so he's coming before God, and he says in very, the very first words, give ear to my words, O Yahweh, L-O-R-D in all caps is that Hebrew name, Yahweh, the I am. Give ear to my words, the I am. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. So this is David just right off the bat. He's he's kind of doing what Jesus does in the Lord's Prayer. He starts off focusing on who God is. And he's focusing on his need for God. He's coming before the I am. And he's asking God to hear his prayer. Give ear to my words. And it it feels good to say it. I mean, I know that we know that when we pray, God hears us. But I think the example for us in the scriptures is to voice that. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Answer me. Hear my prayer. 
I think this is a good thing to say because it's not only asking God for the obvious, would you hear my prayer? But there's something about saying those words that even speaks to our own brain. It speaks to our own soul that we're we're praying to God right now. We're not just thinking thoughts. We're not thinking thoughts out loud. We're not verbalizing opinions, needs, wants. But we're we're actually addressing God. And this is the I am. This is the I am who is the source of all that exists. This is the I am who's the source of everything that exists in the entire universe. And he's the giver of all life. He's the author of life. And he is this timeless I am. He is infinite. He is always everywhere, the forever God. And he's my God forever. And so we're coming before him and we're acknowledging that with our words. We're acknowledging that with our speech. And there's something about that that I just think is important. And again, it's it's what we see in the scriptures. And so I always think uh, it's a good thing to do. David says that he's crying, he's groaning, he's coming before God in agony. Now, I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you're in a good spot and you're not crying, you're not groaning, you don't have an agony of resistance. Your name is not being maligned and slandered as far as you know. And so you're in a good spot, you're happy, and this is still a good psalm for you because the stuff that it says before, the stuff that David says here is something that I've gone to this psalm many times, not in a place where I'm experiencing agony, but in a place where I just really want to focus on who who God is, like we, we do in the first part of the Lord's Prayer. This is a good psalm for that. And so David says to God, you're my king and you're my God. When we think of king, we need to think of the entire rest of the Bible. And that is, is that Jesus became king. He God was born into humanity and he became the perfect human king. He became the Messiah. He became the Christ who is taking back Genesis one twenty six for humanity, being created as the perfect image of God and ruling over God's creation, sharing with God in his creation, caring for God's creation, reflecting God's glory, reflecting God's love, and continuing God's work of creation. That's what humanity was meant to be. We were meant to be created royalty, God-like, in the image of God-like royalty that is still the promise of God. It's still the decree of God. It hasn't been fulfilled yet, but it's going to be fulfilled. It's being fulfilled. It's already started with the resurrection of Jesus as the perfect human king. And so Jesus is our Christ. He's our Messiah. He's our king. He's the one who takes back God's creation for us. He's the one who takes back what we have fallen from, the glory that we have fallen from, and the the story he brings us back into. That's part of it. When we read that God is my king, that's something that needs to come to our mind. You know, it's helpful for it to come to my mind that Christ is my king but also that I live in his kingdom. He's my king and I'm in his kingdom. He's my ruler. He's my king. He's my authority. I bow before him. I submit to him. And he's my God. Now, God is an obviously transcendent word. There's not a more transcendent word in the English language probably than the word God. God is my God. He is the God who created everything. And he's the God who is Lord of heaven and earth, Jesus says. And he's my security. He's my God. He's my life. 
He's my hope. He's my joy. He's my provider. He's the source of life. He's the author of life. David says, for you, to you do I pray. So when we pray, we want to acknowledge who it is we are coming before. Now we know it's God, but we want to acknowledge through ascribing to God who he is. He's my king. He's my God. He's the I am. That's what David does. Verse 7, But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. And I think this is a great thing to say when we're coming before God in prayer, to speak to our soul what we're doing, to speak to God what we're doing, to ascribe to God. He is the I am. He is my king. He is my God. And the basis for my coming near him, drawing near him, is his steadfast love. Not my righteousness, not my goodness, not my worthiness, but it's just simply and only through the steadfast love of God. His steadfast love, his abundant steadfast love. And so whenever we're praying to the I am, the I am is infinitely abundant in all of his attributes. God is infinitely abundant in wisdom. He is infinitely abundant in his steadfast love. He's infinitely abundant in his goodness, in his power. He's infinitely abundant in his glory, in his beauty, in his radiance, in his holiness, in his mercy, in his grace. So these are words that are good for us to say. It's part of praising God. It's, it's part of ascribing to God. It's, it's part of centering our soul on God. The words we say, brain neurologists have shown in books that I've read, uh, how much our words, our spoken words, actually wire our brain. Our brain is constantly rewiring itself. And so when we speak these kinds of words, give ear to my words, he says in verse 1, O Lord, Speaking these kinds of words, it's helpful to, to say them. We can, we can silently say these things. It's fine. But I think there's also a certain kind of brain power, soul refining power, praise power in actually speaking them when we can. We don't have to always. I don't always. But at least in our heart, in our mind, we speak them, articulate them, that through the abundance of your steadfast love, I will come before you. I enter your house. Now, the house is a metaphor in the Bible uh, for the idea of coming before the very presence of God. So remember, Jesus said to the woman in John 5, it's not going to be on this mountain or on that mountain where people worship, but, but people will worship God in spirit and truth. So we worship God where we are in, by the Holy Spirit and in truth and that is entering the temple of God. That's entering the very presence of God. The universe is the temple of God. And so we come before God's presence. We come before, as Hebrews 4 says, his throne of grace, abundant grace, abundant steadfast love. And we bow down in our heart. Sometimes it's good to bow down physically when you can. Don't do it if you're driving. But to bow down toward God's holy presence, in fear, in the fear of you, David says. Not fear like get away because he's bowing down, he's coming before him. So we're coming to God in the fear that the Bible talks about, the fear of God, this awe of God, this not taking God lightly, understanding who we're coming before, understanding who God really is. He's 
He's the I am that's created this entire universe. He's present at that piece of dust on that moon, around that planet, around that star, in that solar system, in that galaxy, 13 billion light years away, just as much as he's here right now, alone, infinitely alone and infinitely present with me while not being absent anywhere else. He's infinite. But we don't want to forget who we're talking to. We're talking to the author of all life, the source of all existence, the God that is worthy of our worship, our fear in the awe sense, the reverent sense, the seriousness of who we're talking to. He's my king, David says in verse 2. He's my God, and I don't take him lightly. And then David prays in verse 8 for God to lead him, O Yahweh, lead me in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. He's praying for God to direct him, to lead him in God's righteousness. So he's prayed before that God would give him a, create in him a clean heart and to renew a right spirit in him. That's part of God leading us in his righteousness. He's praying that God would lead him in his rightness, in his perfect will for David, that he would lead him. And we know that the rest of the Bible tells us the way God leads us is by his Holy Spirit. So we're praying that God would lead us by his Holy Spirit into greater righteousness, a clean, a cleaner heart, a purer heart, to renew a right spirit within us and to, to lead us in his perfect will for us. His will is right. Everything that he does in our lives is perfectly right. We're acknowledging that. And so make your way straight before me, David says. And then he says in verse 11, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. That's what David is doing right now. He's getting up early in the morning. He's acknowledging that he's coming before the I am, the author of life. He's coming before one he's ascribing as his king and his God his creator, and he's coming before him and he's saying, I take refuge in you. Let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread. He's praying for God to spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exalt in you. There's a lot here in this language. And this is the kind of parts of the scripture that are really good for us to meditate on and to pray that we're asking God to spread his protection over us, protection over our families, protection over our loved ones, protection over our situation at work, protection over our church, protection over our community, protection over our country. We're asking God to spread his protection over us and that we're saying that, that those who love your name, the I am, may exalt in you. So we're praying that God would give us greater love for his name, that we would that hallowed be your name, Jesus says, is one of the first things that would be out of our mouth when we're having a God-centered prayer. High and lifted up be your name. You are holy. The beauty of your name, the splendor of who you are. You are the I am. You are the giver of all life. Hallowed be your name. May I bear your name with holiness is kind of what we're praying here, what we're saying, and that we would exalt in who God is, exalt in his glory, his abundant, infinite glory, his infinitely abundant beauty, his infinitely abundant splendor and radiance, his infinitely abundant life. He's the source of all life. We're just acknowledging who God is 
And that's what we're doing in this time. And he says, you cover him with a fa- with favor as with a shield. That God covers me with a shield. That God spreads his protection over me. That I would love his name and exalt in who he is. So do you see what's happening here? David is verticalizing his concerns, his anxiety, his worries, his fear. He's coming before God contemplatively. He's groaning, he's crying, but he's acknowledging that he's asking God to give ear to his words and give attention to the sound of my cry. And then he's acknowledging who God is. You're, you are the I am. You are my king. You are my God. For to you do I pray. I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, enter your house, bow down before your holy temple in the fear of you. Through the abundance of your steadfast love, You spread your protection over me. I love your name. I exalt in you. You cover me as with with favor, as with a shield, your grace as with a shield. This is what we're doing when we come before God, meditating, praying through Psalm 5. So again, as we always do here, we're not covering the whole psalm. We're just picking out highlights that I want to pray when I want to pray scripture back to God. So when I pray scripture, I'm not doing a Bible study. I'm not having to do the whole thing. I'm just picking out phrases that I read that resonate with my soul where I am now that I want to pray to God. And so let's do that now. Let's take the, uh, the, 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 the key phrases in Psalm five and pray those back to God as a meditation and a prayer. Let me lead us in a time of that right now. O Lord, the I am, the source of all existence in the entire universe. You created this entire universe. You created everything, and you are the author of life, the giver of all life. All life comes from you. You are infinitely present. You are the I am, always in the present tense, always in my present tense, always with me. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Give ear to my words. Hear me when I speak. Answer me when I pray. I pray that you would hear me, O Lord. Give attention to the sound of my prayer because you are my king and you are my God and for some reason you have called me to come to you in prayer. The God that created this universe is inviting me to come before you, to talk to you. This is an unbelievable privilege, incomprehensible privilege, that I can actually right now talk to the creator of this entire universe. I can talk to the one who is Lord of the universe, Lord of heaven and earth, Jesus says. I can come before you as if it's just me and you. And you hear my words, you give ear to my prayer. It's amazing. I I can't quite comprehend it, and yet I take it for granted. I don't take it seriously enough that I can actually talk to the one who's in charge of everything, who created everything, who's the God that created this universe, who is forever. And you are my king. 
Lord Jesus, you are the perfect human king, God who became human to take back what was lost in Genesis 3, to take back the world. And so in Christ and Christ in me, you are my king and I bow to you. You are my authority. You are my ruler. I'm in your kingdom. Paul says, my citizenship is in heaven and I await from there the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform my lowly body to be like his glorious body. You are my king and I am in your kingdom. And so I bow to you and you are my God. You are my life. I live for you because I've been created by you. I've been created for you. I live through you. There's not a moment of my existence that is not sustained by you as my God, my creator, the I am. You are my security. You're the one who spreads your protection around me. You spread your protection around me, your presence around me like a shield. You are my security. You are my security inside me. You are my security outside me. You are my hope. There is no hope apart from you. There is no joy apart from you. You are the source of joy. You are my life. There is no life apart from you. You are the author of life. You sustain every minute of my life. You are my trust. I trust in you because you are God of the universe and you are my God. You are my satisfaction. You are the source of all satisfaction. There is no satisfaction apart from you. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Satisfied by your righteousness. Satisfied by your radiance and your glory and your beauty and your goodness. You are my provider. You are my source of all that exists. You are my source of all good. You are my source of all joy. You are my source of all provision. You are my source of all protection. For to you I pray, O Lord, I come before you, the I am, my King, my Messiah, my God, and I come before you and I pray. I pray to you. I bow my head to you through the abundance of the infinite abundance of the I am through the infinite abundance of your steadfast love. The infinite abundance of your steadfast love, the infinite abundance of your mercy, the infinite abundance of your grace. I come before your throne of grace in Jesus. I enter your house. I enter your presence. I come before you, God. And I worship you in spirit and truth. I come before your very presence right now by your Holy Spirit in Jesus. And I worship you, my God. I worship you, my King. I worship you, Yahweh, the I Am. Through the abundance, the infinite abundance of your steadfast love, I come before your throne of grace. For to you do I pray. Give ear to my words, O Lord. I bow down toward your holy presence. I bow down before your holy throne. 
in spirit and in truth and in fear of you, in awe of you, in worship of you, because you are my king and you are my God. And I just have a small glimpse of who I'm really coming before right now, this God of radiance, this God of holiness, this God of beauty. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness. More and more by your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would lead me, that you would guide me because you are my King and you are my God. And I want to live in the abundance of your steadfast love for me, your steadfast goodness for me. Your will is according to your abundant steadfast love. Your will for me is according to your abundant steadfast love and mercy and grace and goodness toward me. Your desire for me to live in joy and gladness and shalom. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness. Make your way straight before me, I pray. Your perfect will for me. I take refuge in you, Lord. I take refuge in you, my King. I take refuge in you, my God. I take refuge in the abundance, the infinite abundance of your steadfast love for me. Your infinite love as the I am. I can't even begin to comprehend it, but I take refuge in it. I take refuge in you and I rejoice in you with joy, ever singing for joy because you spread your joy over me. You spread your abundant, steadfast love over me. You spread your abundant, steadfast mercy and grace and goodness and your protection over me. Over my family, I pray. Over our church, I pray. Over those I work with, I pray. Over our community, I pray that you would spread your protection. I pray that I would love more and more your name, the beauty of your name, of your holiness. You are the I am, that I would love your name and that I would exalt in you. Hallowed be your name, high and lifted up be your name. Cherished more in my heart be your name. Treasured more in my heart be your name, your beauty, your splendor, your glory, your radiance, because you are the author of life. So I pray that you would cover me with your grace, cover me with the abundance of your steadfast love, cover me with your shield, cover me with your favor and your mercy and your love, O Lord. For I bow before you, I submit myself to you, and I come before you and pray to you. Hear my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.